This is Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 24, and I'm James Eek. Sun Tzu said, In the practical art of war, the best thing of all is to take the enemy's country whole and intact. To shatter and destroy it is not so good. So too, it's better to recapture an army entire than to destroy it. To capture a regiment, a detachment, or a company entire, then destroy them. Hence, to fight and conquer in all battles is not supreme excellence. Supreme excellence consists in breaking the enemy's resistance without fighting. Thus, the highest form of generalship is to balk the enemy's plans. The next best is, for, is to prevent the junction of the enemy's forces. The next in order is to attack the enemy's army in the field, and the worst policy of all is to besiege the walled cities. The rule is not to besiege walled cities if it can possibly be avoided. The preparation of mantlets, movable shelters, and various implements of war will take up to three whole months, and the piling up of mounds over the walls will take three months more. The general, unable to control his irritation, will launch his men to the assault like swarming ants with the result that one-third of his men are slain while the town still remains untaken. Such are the disastrous effects of a siege. Therefore, the skillful, the skillful leader subdues the enemy's troops without any fighting. He captures their cities without laying siege to them. He overthrows their kingdom without lengthy operations in the field. With his forces intact, he will dispute the mastery of the empire, and thus, without losing a man, his triumph will be complete. This is the method of attacking by stratagem. It's the rule in war if our forces are ten to the enemy's one to surround him, if five to one to attack him, if twice as numerous to divide our army into two, if equally matched, we can offer battle. If slightly inferior in numbers, we can avoid the enemy. If quite unequal in every way, we can flee from him. Hence, though an obstinate fight may be made by a small force, in the end it must be captured by the larger force. Now, the general is the bulwark of the state. If the bulwark is complete at all points, the state will be strong. If the bulwark is defective, the state will be weak. There are three ways in which a ruler can bring misfortune upon his army. One, by commanding the army to advance or to retreat, being ignorant of the fact that it cannot obey. This is called hobbling the army. Number two, by attempting to govern an army in the same way as he administers a kingdom, being ignorant of the conditions which obtain in an army. This causes restlessness in the soldiers' minds. Three, by employing the officers of his army without discrimination through ignorance of the military principle of adaptation to circumstances. This shakes the confidence of the soldiers. But when the army is restless and distrustful, trouble is sure to come from the other feudal princes. This is simply bringing anarchy into the army and flinging victory away. Thus, we know that there are five essentials for victory. 
Number one, he will win who knows when to fight and when not to fight. Number two, he will win who knows how to handle both superior and inferior forces. Number three, he will win whose army is animated by the same spirit throughout all its ranks. Number four, he will win who prepared himself waits to take the enemy unprepared. And number five, he will win who has military capacity and is not interfered with by the sovereign. Hence the saying, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So this was, obviously, if you were listening at the beginning, from Sun Tzu's Art of War, which if you have not read it, you should read this book. Sun Tzu was a Chinese general around 500 BC, roughly. And The Art of War is one of the most important books on war, on combat, and on strategy that maybe has been written. There's a few others, and we'll get to some of them. It's so important that business people flock to it, looking for pointers on how to win in business, which, of course, is a war of sorts. But it also tells you about life. It gives you advice on how to win at the strategy of life even though it is about the art of war. In terms of our training, I'd recommend reading the whole book. Pick it apart and figure out how you can insert portions of it into your training. Because whether you want to admit it or not, your training, whether it's jiu-jitsu, whether it's taekwondo, whether it's kali, whether it's silat, whether it is... Shorinru, it is combat, it is war at its core. The core concept that Sun Tzu is trying to pass on in this bit that we just read is not just the need to understand strategy, but how important it is to know not just when to fight, but how to fight. When we look at the idea that, as he says, the skillful, le the skillful leader subdues the enemy's troops without fighting, he captures their cities without laying siege to them, it means looking at your training in a different way. It's not necessarily saying not to fight, though. It's saying that you are so well prepared, so much more advanced and honed than your opponent that you can defeat them without fighting, with ease. Of course, there will be the fight most likely, but maybe not. Anyone who does jiu-jitsu for any period of time can probably understand this. 
You train hard, you get beat, you get beat up, and then the day comes when you roll with people and you have this amazing dawning realization that somehow you now have jujitsu. You are likely lying there covered in sweat <laughs> and you are like, holy smokes, it suddenly works somehow. You can pass this person's guard and get them inside control and there's the submission. It's all so simple. You don't want the submission. You want something else. <laughs> maybe you'll just toy with them. Maybe you'll decide to change your game and let them have your back to find yourself, get out, and get back to side control again. And the same goes with your attitude. Do you walk around with this ego that just wants to crush everyone else or do you foster greatness in the people around you? Do you leave your ego at the door or at least at the edge of that mat? Or do you just need to tap everybody out? You see, our training is about our lives. Just as the art of war is about our lives. We can deny the fact that humans are violent. We can deny the fact that, you know, probably we will always have to deal with conflict for the rest of human existence. Our training is about our lives. Improving them, and most importantly, becoming the best us that we can be. And that takes a huge amount of honesty and constant assessment. We have to learn to look at ourselves with honesty and a certain kind of ruthless, ruthlessness. You have to learn who you actually are and what you're truly capable of. Like the man says, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. If you hit rewind and listen to what Sun Tzu is saying, the nut of things is that you have to truly get an understanding of why things are as they are, how things really are, and what should really be done. It's not about blindly thrashing around. It isn't about being mindless. We're talking about engaged mindfulness. Imagine learning how to use a sword and getting competent with cuts and fighting and the rest, but having no idea why it is you're doing what it, you think is important. You don't have a clue about biology and what a cut here does as opposed to a cut there. When we train, we need to learn to dive deep. We need to truly examine what it is we're doing and how to do it to the best that we can. We need to understand the why. We need to understand the how. We need to understand the where. We need to understand the when. Knowledge or accumulation of knowledge alone, it, it, it's useless. We have to learn how to understand and then we have to know how to apply that knowledge. But let's face it, our training is a long road. It's a lifelong thing. 
Just when you think you might have the answers, you find out that you have way more to do. You have more work to do. You are not the person you thought you were. You have to push harder. You have to be better. You have to pick that scab (laughs) and you have to get somewhere. Just as Sun Tzu tells us, we can't simply lay siege and expect to win. That's trying to impose our will on others instead of winning without fighting. With Winning without fighting is a hard path. That means we have to hit the books harder and harder. It means we have to hit the mats more and more. It means we have to work harder than everyone else and strive to be the, the best while knowing that maybe you'll never get there, but you still keep at it. And that's what training's about. That's why we do it. It's probably why you're listening to this. Everything eventually will be training. So there you go. Sun Tzu. That is one cool dude. Well, that'd be a very cool (laughs) t-shirt. Sun Tzu. One cool dude. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, let's move on. So the question of the day is what do you think is the most important thing to develop in training? Well, I'd say an open mind. With an open mind, there's room to grow and there's honesty. You'll see what works and you'll see what doesn't work. You'll see what's BS and what is practical. You'll see what you need to do and what you need to be better at. But most importantly, an open mind is going to teach you to be a lifelong student. It's too easy in most martial arts to feel like we've reached some sort of place. We look at that thing around our waist and we believe it. The place where we believe our own lies. We look at that rank and believe it to be something and that we are somehow better than others, that we have more wisdom than others. And we might, but we have way more to do. We all do. We can do better. So there you go. If you have questions, um, please send them on. You can find us on our website and you can find us also through the Eek Academy, which is my martial arts school here in Victoria, BC in Canada. Um, Look for us on Facebook. You can find me also on Instagram under Eek Academy. Um, And... I'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying the podcast, let me know. Because, um, as you can imagine, this is me talking to myself most of the time. And uh, I have no gauge whether or not you like it. Which leads me to the next point. If you do like it, um, please let your friends know about it. Let's get the word out that Warrior's Way podcast is here. And that it's about the training and being kind of a... uh, 
a sounding board of ideas. Um, because let's face it, this is about us. It's not just about me telling you. It's about us working towards a mutual goal of being better, better at our lives, better at our relationships, better at our um, everything, right? I mean, that's why we train, I hope. It's not just to, to punch and kick. Well, that's fun too. So like I said, you can find us on our website. That's uh, being a slow process to get that together because um, as you can imagine, um, life and work and teaching and websites uh, don't always get done as quickly as possible, but we will get it up and running. So we'll get that going uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, there is more on it. Um, go on to our Facebook page in the meantime. And the other thing that you can do is leave some reviews on wherever and whatever it is that you're listening to this podcast on. Um, leave stars, leave uh, you know a few sentences saying that you like it, um, hopefully, um, because that does matter to me. And I, I'd really like to know if I am talking to myself or actually talking to other people. Um, and I do watch that, you know, people are listening. So I do know that this thing has some legs and people are listening, but uh, it's still nice. Um, the other thing you can do is if you like the things that you're hearing and the stuff that I talk about, um, you can pick up one of my books, which you can pick up on Amazon um, if you like a actual book in your hands. Um, or you can look for it on Kobo or on Kindle if you are more of a future kid that likes the technology. Um, anyways, there's the Warrior's Way on there. There is A Wolf in the Woods which is my latest book on this kind of stuff. You can also pick up our training journal, which is a handy thing to have. You can bring it to, with you to class and log, you know, who you trained with, what the concept was that you went over in class, all this kind of awesome stuff. It's not just blank pages. It kind of is the idea that this is going to help you along this way to make sense of it all. Because let's face it, Sometimes we go to class and that cool dude standing in front showing you all the neat stuff. Um, it can be hard to get through that and put the pieces together. So the journal, or any journal for that matter, will help you. Um, and I think we'll leave it there. All right. So pick up a copy of this uh, awesome book, The Art of War. You can find it all over the place. Um and pick up a copy of all the ones that we read or go over, I mean. And other than that, get out there and train and be a good person. And like I say to the kids' classes, be a good friend. Thanks a lot. <laughs>